bonus time on the SOC. It's the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with the Brian Campbell, and it's back with a bang. It's back with the bonus. Promised, delivered in the world of pro wrestling. A pair of interviews this week. Dropping in like Christmas morning. Unwrap the gifts. Two chats you won't want to miss that, of course, are backed, jacked, underwritten, and sponsored by that performance enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell. Without question, still the voice that you hear. Still whose name is on the marquee. And still the guy delivering big time audio and a bit of breaking news today into the CBS Sports Pod when we chat with 16-time world's heavyweight champion, nature boy Rick Flair himself, stopping by, limousine riding, jet flying, podcast delivering. And one of the biggest names going in podcasts today, a guy whose meteoric and iconic rise has been wild. That's my buddy yours, Conrad Thompson. He's already got three of the biggest podcasts going in pro wrestling today. A fourth one on the way with Jim Ross. But the breaking news I mentioned surrounds what is coming up in late May in Las Vegas. We already know that All Elite Wrestling AEW is going to launch with that pay-per-view. We're talking about all into double or nothing. And I don't know, you want, don't want to say in support, but along with that weekend in Las Vegas, of course, is the big time convention known as StarCast 2. Conrad Thompson and the boys behind the scenes running that show in the main event of StarCast 2 weekend, Friday, May 24th, 9 p.m. Eastern from Caesars Palace and available for streaming at StarCast on Fight, F-I-T-E dot com. There will be the roast of Ric Flair. You heard it right here. Biggest names in pro wrestling, the biggest names in stand-up comedy coming together for, <laughs> for a bit of fun and recklessness that you won't want to miss for sure. We've got the great Ric Flair today chatting about the event, what he expects, the wild stories he expects to hear, along with his take on some of the biggest topics in pro wrestling today between his appearance at WrestleMania 35, Charlotte Flair, his daughter's historic main event moment, the launch of AEW, and how that sort of compares or contrasts to the to the battles, the, the competition we've seen back in the day between the likes of WCW and WWE. And also we're going to get Rick's take on Cody Rhodes and, and the big moves he's making. And how much that reminds Rick of his longtime rival, Dusty Rhodes. You're going to enjoy this. You're going to love this. So enjoy right away when we come at you with Ric Flair and stay around for Conrad Thompson on the other end, talking about a lot of things going on in the audio space and beyond today. Excited to share these with you. And of course, you know how the routine and the drill these days works. If you like what you hear on this show or any other on the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports, please let your voice be heard. Get on out there and pay it forward. It's free audio, folks. All it takes is you doing a good solid and heading on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume fine audio these days. Hey, it could be Spotify, which we are now members of. That's a service we have. It could be MySpace. I don't know. Tinder. Just swipe it. Five-star review, leave a nice, nice little message there on why you like the show, what you listen to. You're a boxing guy, you're an MMA guy, you're a pro wrestling guy. Let your voice be heard. Thank you. Before we toss to Rick, of course, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. But on the other end, coming at you, it's Ric Flair, Conrad Thompson, 
big news to share. Enjoy. So excited to talk to you about StarCast 2, the roast of Ric Flair, May 24th. Rick, this is going to get wrestling fans fired the heck up. Are you prepared for what you're going to face on that night? I'm prepared. Can you hear me good? I can hear you great. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm very excited. I've got I- a lot of history with Caesar's Palace. <laughs> a lot of history there. I'm sure Space Mountain has visited Caesar's Palace a few times. Oh, no, God, maybe. It was a regular a regular stop in the 80s, 90s. <laughs> All right, Rick, we love so, roasts. We love the celebrities that show up. Uh, were, were you in on this idea from, from day one when you heard it, when Conrad brought it up? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, Conrad is probably one of the most innovative people I've ever met in my life. He's, um, you know, he's kinky. He has been so successful, you know, actually starting at the lowest position uh, possible in the company that he now owns. So owning it successfully and having it operated by itself, you know, with people that he's trained for years and family and to be able to come out and start a whole new empire. He's revolutionized the podcast world already. Yeah. So, um, I, I never thought for a second he wouldn't. I didn't know that he would have that passion for that long. We did it for a year together, and I just got tired of it. I mean, I just – maybe I've lived it, I lived the wrestling too much. Plus, I always have to be careful what I say, <laughs> you know, because I'm still actively, you know, working with the company uh, to some extent. And I just – you can't voice your opinion. You know how that goes, right? Oh, so, I hear you. Anyway, I, I'm very happy for him, and I'm – He's, um, this will be his second, I think, event like this. And it's, um, it's getting more popular and growing and, uh, notoriety more every day. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited. Comedian and actor Ron Funches is going to be the roast master. What kind of celebrity guests are we going to have at this? Because Rick, I saw pictures of your birthday party and happy 70th, by the way, when you show up, the stars follow you. Yeah. And that was just half the cast that was supposed to come. <laughs> we miss we miss Lawrence Taylor and Darius Rucker. <laughs> Probably was uh, we still had a lot of fun. It was great. I was uh, really um, well put together by my wife, and uh, you know I I knew that we were doing something, but I had no idea that she had put that together. It was phenomenal, and um, lucky to be here, man. Every yes. day is a blessing. Now, Rick, you've got legendary one reasons, stories. One of the reasons is Las Vegas. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it, and you've got legendary I've had a couple of drinks in that town. <laughs> <laughs> you know how these roasts go, Rick. People bring up embarrassing stories. They make jokes. Is there any Ric Flair stories that have not been told yet of up and down the road? No. <laughs> That's why I'm not worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> you open your <laughs> What? <laughs> The problem is there's been too many stories. People love to tell stories that never happened <laughs> on top of the good and bad, you know? Oh, absolutely. So I've got sisters, cousins, relatives all over the world, according to people. <laughs> well, the the best part about Rick's, Ric Flair stories is they're probably all true, Rick. Probably. 95%, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you that. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Rick. We it's know that you're hard to tell when I haven't heard. But very or, true. Or we live. know you're you're still linked with WWE, so we don't want to get you in trouble. But I do have to ask you this weekend: the Starcast is linked with the with the launch of what AEW is doing, the uh, Double or Nothing, the follow up to All In. How much could this turn into real competition in the wrestling business, like we saw in the '90s with WCW and WWF? Well, I think, um, you know, I'm old school, so I think anytime there's an opportunity uh, for guys to work, you know, guys that are, let me preface that, that are qualified and have been trained, you know, properly uh, and, and in a position to be, in a position to be somewhat successful in their attempt to uh, work for either company. Um, so I'm all about that. I think it's great. Um I don't think it's. I don't think it's. They, they should focus on the comp on competition, um, as much as just developing their own product. I don't want to I would just uh, or all um, serotonin uh, coated club. It's it's all in rather. I, I I don't think they should focus on competing with the WWE. I think they should just focus on building their own product and their success will will, will come from that. Yeah, I think that's that's good advice. And uh, Rick, we yeah, saw... well, you know the, the word competition is great, and I, people love that part of the uh, that time in the front in the world. But uh, you know, it just um, this would be the first time that someone with the kind of money that Tony brings. You know, you know, you know, you know who Tony Khan is. Tony Khan is a sophisticated, intelligent, well-bred. Nature Boy Ric Flair with money. Wow. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. He, Tony Khan is the, the limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, bringing the hottest chick to every party that I go to with him, son of a gun. <laughs> and I'm sure now he's got the joint over in England. He has kissed girls all over the world that made him cry. <laughs> <laughs> If I had Tony's bankroll, <laughs> when I when in the eighties, you know, who knows where I would have been? <laughs> oh, good lord! Now, now you you mentioned Tony Khan's kind of like a Ric Flair. How much do you respect what Cody is doing for his own, you know, legacy in terms of kind of channeling his inner Dusty? Well, I think it's great. I mean, I just, you know, his dad and I were. It was a magical time in life when his dad and I were working together. And, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, who was your best opponent and all that. And, you know, of course, when they, they think of Steamboat or Sting or, you know, different people. But if I look back on my career and um, the, the run that I had with Dusty was a 25-year run or 20 years. Does that make sense? And, yeah. um, you know, at worst, we agreed disagree um but he was a genius and he uh i think uh he finally got the recognition that he deserved for being as creative as he was from starcade to the war games to the last tango in tampa with him and harley i mean he was so far ahead of his time um i mean i actually think that i i put dusty in terms of creativity right along uh, with uh, Vince and Cody 
is a great performer. And I'm happy that uh, he landed where he's landed on his feet like this. And, you know, it, 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 it takes someone with a lot of courage and a lot of uh, not just motivation, but, um, you know, it, to, to genuinely take that step forward on your own and, and uh, you know, um, be prepared to, you know, put yourself in a position where you might not be the most popular guy in the world but you're determined to make something work. It takes a hell of a man. And that's my, my take on, uh, on Cody who I've known since he was born. So, um, our boys wrestled against each other and not, not against me. They never wrestled each other. Um, I think Dusty just, you know, he hid Cody in a different weight bracket from when I was in town. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right, Rick, I no, got but, uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, I I have to ask you about WrestleMania 35 and seeing your daughter, Charlotte, make history by main eventing in that triple threat match, which we could go on and on how, how much it was time for women's wrestling to make that leap. But I want to ask you about her arriving via helicopter. Shout out to the old school dad at the Great American Bash. Please tell me you had with a tear in your eye watching Charlotte do that. Well, you know, I've probably cried the whole week i've been crying uh since it first came about and uh uh i'm so thankful to the wwe um you know from vince the hunter and stephanie and all the powers to be that um put that together and, and taking that step forward with the women um but in all actuality i mean aside from uh you know believing that my daughter is the most talented woman in the world today it was just to be there with Rhonda and Becky and for them to arrive and you know if it never happens again uh which I don't I think it could happen again but you never know and um they had the best storyline and it was phenomenal and you know it could have gone on at three o'clock in the morning (laughs) people would have stayed to watch and they were into it and it was you know for me it was um, you know, I, I use the expression that, that thing about passing the torch. My daughter just took the torch for me. What, what years ago? She is so good, and I'm so proud of her. And uh, you know, she's just getting going. I mean, she's you know really only been in the business for six years. It's hard to believe. And the thing about her that separates her, for, I think, a lot of people is that she's never satisfied with um, a performance. You know, and she came out of the ring that night and for a half hour, all she could talk about what she could have done different instead of, um, you know, celebrating the moment. So, you know, that's who she is. And I, I kind of the same way. I just drank away any, any problems I had. <laughs> she doesn't drink. so <laughs> If she does, it's a glass of wine. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I was really proud and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the WWE for taking that step forward because it's, um, they they deserved it. Yeah, no no question about it. And I was proud of you, Rick, being involved in the Triple H Batista storyline, which was so well done. Hell yeah. You came out, you had a moment in that match, but tell me this. Even at seventy, if they said, Rick, we're gonna need you to bump, we're gonna need you to blade, that you would have been your damn right I will. Oh, I had I had I had a blade on. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, you know what John Michael said to me? 
What? This is great. I'm just kidding. Tom Michael said they thought another Mark was hitting the ring like the night before with Bret Hart. <laughs> Sean, Sean almost had the super kick from the announcement. From the announcement. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I, so, I know you would have done it. The answer to that question is yes, I could. Yep, I could. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Rick, I got to ask you this as the super fan in me. When you came to WWE back in 1991-92 and you had, of course, the WrestleMania 8 match with Savage that we all love in Endear, but that should have been you versus Hogan. All these years later, Rick, why was that not you versus Hogan? You know, I don't know the answer, and I've never asked, and um, I've never thought about it. I was so happy. To be there if you it's hard to explain and when i've you know i've talked with conrad about this and um i'm actually going to do a a one-on-one like a barbara walters deal with maria menounos um and talk about all these aspects of my life that haven't been discussed um but i was so happy to be there after you know wcw and all the issues that went on there and it, it gave me life. I, I, I had friends of both companies, but never a question of that. But you, because I, I could have gone in 86, but I just, I was happy. And, you know, it wasn't a question of me being uncomfortable. I was glad to be there. And and, rest, and wrestling Randy was a huge deal for me. Uh, uh, my my WrestleMania, um, you know, co-main event. Um I, I don't think about it. I mean, I just think, I mean, the day that changed my life was that, that Royal Rumble. Mm. When they told me, you're when I was, I mean, I went from being someone that, you know, Jim Hurd had told to cut his hair and, you know, like Kevin Sullivan said to me, you know, they're, they're trying to change Mickey Mantle and call him Spartacus. You know what I mean? <laughs> that That's what I was going under with, uh, undergoing with them and, to be able to walk out from under that and uh, walk into that company that opened, you know, welcomed me with open arms. And, you know, Vince, uh, he, he just took my hand and said, I'll make you more money. And I, it, it wasn't guaranteed or anything, but he did. He keeps his word. He's a man among men. And uh, I, I owe them so much because that, it, it changed, it changed my life. And then, um, Probably the only mistake I made was ever going back to WCW. Right. It ended up all good because I got to go back to uh, WWF. And then I think that, uh, and I tell people this all the time, and I think most people agree, my retirement weekend was the greatest weekend in any athlete's uh, uh, um, aspect of history of his retirement. No, I've been no to question. Canton. I've been to Cooperstown. And that, that weekend for me was a special and uh, it, it, uh, against anybody's retirement. Did it feel good, though, considering you and Hulk are, are the one and two in wrestling history, the icons of the 80s? Did it feel good at least to have those programs in WCW at the highest level with him? Oh, yeah. God, I love working with Hulk. Um, you know, and I, it, you know it, it, for me, it, it's not about winning or losing. It never has been. It's about having the people walk out of the arena and say, God dang, that, 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 that guy gave us everything he had, you know, and it, it's how I felt that I had to stay there for an hour, which I did a lot of times to get the, to get him where I wanted him. And, um, 
you know, where they were mad or whatever we were trying to achieve that particular night, uh, it was worth it. And I, uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. I never looked at, the only time I ever looked at going to work was when I was having problems with uh, Herder Bischoff. Then it became, it became something that I didn't, I didn't like dealing with. But I've loved going to work my whole life. I love going now. Mm. I, 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 I love the fact that I can, you know, be friends with Cody Reynolds and Seth Rollins and, and Chris Jericho and a lot of guys my age and, and, and have the respect of people no matter what company it is and be welcome, you know, in their environment and know that they respect me. And, that, and that's a big word. You know, um, I haven't made the most money, uh, but I, I certainly feel like I've attained uh, as much respect as anybody. I mean, I can call Steve Austin on the phone and I can call Vince McMahon on the phone and I can call Tony Khan and I can call Hulk. How much better is that? <laughs> Not bad. And, and I can, And I can text The Rock and he'll get back a day later. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a busy man, that's for sure. Yeah. He's, making movies. he's making movies, but who can... Who can make all those phone calls? <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick, you're showing up in rap videos. You're everywhere these days. One more quick. Hey, I can even get a hold of Conrad when he's not working. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in the family now. Come on. Yeah. Oh, God damn. <laughs> hey, hey, in case, I, in case I ever need a retirement place, I don't think I haven't staked out. Please. He's got that goddamn the Con, the Conrad, the Conradison right out oh, there. Yeah. I've oh. got actually a guest house. Just off to the right wing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rick, in closing here, and it's been so great going up and down memory lane and reliving the classics with you. I want to ask you this. We have debates on wrestling podcasts all the time. One of them is who had the best year in wrestling history? People can say Hogan in 87, AJ Styles in 2016, Kenny Omega in 2017, Austin in 98. I always say Ric Flair in 1989. And Rick, it's not just the Steamboat series. We could talk about that forever, but tell me this. The Terry Funk feud always gets overlooked. Yeah. That might be the best work of your career, Rick, and I'm not fooling around. Well, you know, I just, you know, here's my take on this. I'm going to be as honest and sincere as I can be. Just the fact that I mentioned with that group of people you just mentioned is all I need to hear. You know, I, I, I know, um, and this is what I said to you that, um, making money and making the most money, um, should be the most important thing, but to be recognized and here I am, like you just said, and I, I'm so tired of being told I'm 70 because <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like I'm 25 and I still have those itches. Like I'm about 19, <laughs> so, um, but I'm in a, I'm clearly in a better place. So, um, just to be mentioned with the names you just mentioned, I, that's all I need to hear. I love it. Um, for me, um, I thought '89 was a great year, but what people fail to realize is that uh, I was 40 years old then, and Steamboat was 36. They should have seen us when I was 35, and Steamboat was 31. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah. And I, um, you know, and then I, I look at the matches with Harley Race, and you got to remember Terry. They, they said Terry was at the end of his career. Well, Terry, Terry could wrestle. He, 
he could still wrestle, if that makes sense. He had that much talent. You know what I mean? There, 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 there's a list of guys that just had so much. And Terry, I took a page out of Terry's book. As my skills athletically declined, I learned how to become more entertaining. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. That was a big turning hits, point. Hits walked, yeah, hits walking across the ring and falling on my face. That got as big a pop as me getting superplexed off. <laughs> Just throw that in the repertoire and, you know, have a couple more drinks that night and think of something else the next day. <laughs> but, Rick, Terry putting you through that table with a pile driver, like, we didn't see that in wrestling back then. That was yeah, a big I know. That, no, I know. And, by the way, that's what started hardcore wrestling. And, number two, he didn't tell me he was going to do it. <laughs> and, number three, I almost broke my neck. So, don't get me going on that. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, trust me. He, call, he calls me Ricky. Ricky, Ricky, come here. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> right. Never trust me. People break. <laughs> Great stuff. Oh. Rick, if, if people like hearing hey. these stories, they're going to love hearing even more. StarCast 2, the main event of that weekend, the roast of Ric Flair, Friday, May 24th, 9 The main event, that sounds good. Cedar Palace. Bright lights, big cities, pretty ladies. Nature boy. <laughs> Conrad Thompson, StarCast. Woo! Rick, thanks for your time, brother. God bless you. So great that 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 you're still telling these stories and that you'd still take a bump if they asked you. I know you would. Ah, uh, you know that I may take one at the goddamn rose. <laughs> <laughs> take care. Thanks, Bye. Rick. Hey, Conrad, it's Brian Campbell with CBS Sports. How you doing, man? Man, I'm great, Brian. Thank you for taking some time to call me today. I really appreciate it. No, right back at you, man. This is such a cool thing you guys going got going on. I'm like, holy crap, this is going to be fun. Man, I hope so. We're we're working tirelessly on it to make it happen, and, and I'm really excited about it. All right, this is the I, I'm assuming the main event of this of this already great uh, I don't know festival of friendship you got going on here, Starcast Two, uh, all into Double or Nothing weekend in Las Vegas. Uh, how does a roast of Ric Flair come together? How does that thought process get birth? Well, it was actually my idea last year to do a roast in Chicago because I thought it was just going to be a one-and-done event. Nobody could have ever predicted back then that we would be you know, here with All Elite Wrestling and that they would be running an event. So I sort of assumed you know, that, that was my only opportunity to do something like this with StarCast. So I reached out to Rick and pitched the idea back then, but he had already booked a commitment in Atlanta for Dragon Con, so he wasn't able to make it. So I sort of pivoted and thought, well, hey, what else could we do? That's pretty fun. And so we did the, the roast of Bruce Pritchard, and that was really like a practice run of sorts. You know, we had a great time with it, and everybody had a lot of fun, and we had some tremendous talent, you know, Taylor Williamson and Ron Funches and Dan St. Germain and Mike Lawrence and Shuley from the Stern Show and James Mattern, who's an up-and-coming comic that maybe a lot of folks haven't heard of yet. Uh, but then we had, you know, some real fun talent on stage that were good sports, guys like Sean Waltman and Eric Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett. Well, I wanted to turn the volume up, and we're here at Caesars <laughs> Palace, and there's no bigger name in the history of professional wrestling than Ric Flair, and the roast of Ric Flair is happening Friday, May 24th at Caesars Palace. Wow. Wow. So... I assume you, you'd want to follow the formats of great celebrity pro, pro uh, celebrity roasts of the past, going back to the Dean Martin days through the Comedy Central era. What can fans expect, whether they're there in person at Caesar's Palace or they're watching on the Fight app? 
how is a wrestling roast going to look like, sound like, feel like? Well, it's going to look and feel like a, a roast from Comedy Central. You know, there's going to be a handful of wrestling characters there, but, you know, Rick sort of transcends wrestling into pop culture. So we're going to have some more quote-unquote mainstream roasters um, from outside of the wrestling sector. And our roast master is going to be one of the biggest Ric Flair fans of all, Mr. Ron Funches, who's fresh off of his Comedy Central special. And uh, Flair was cool enough to do something for the open of that Comedy Central special. And uh, we're really, really excited to have Ron as our roast master and host of sorts. And just a tremendous who's who of stand-up comedians from Dan Soder from Billions and Taylor Williamson from America's Got Talent and some of the old murderers row I mentioned a minute ago, like Mike Lawrence from Comedy Central's Roast Battle and Dan St. Germain, and then a whole host of wrestling names, whether it's people from Rick's past, like Ricky Steamboat, probably his favorite opponent, uh, or Jim Ross, who called some of his more iconic matches, and a whole bunch of surprises that, whether you're a wrestling fan or you're not, will be names you recognize as everybody sort of wants to come out and pay tribute to one of the greatest of all time, Ric Flair. Now, is Rick properly prepared? I asked him this question. I wasn't sure if he got it. Is he properly prepared at what a roast is that no holds barred? We're pulling out all the crazy stories. No jo- no, no jokes out of the line here. I mean, he says he is. He likes the idea. He usually has a pretty good sense of humor. And what's funny is when, when I sat down with Rick and I said, hey, what's off limits? He started laughing and he said, would it matter? Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, the, the comedians are itching for their chance to carve up not just Rick, but our dais as well. And uh, it's going to be a who's who. And, and, and we're excited to uh, have some fun. And that's what it is. It's all in good fun. But I know that some of these guys, you know, instead of they're not going for laughs. They're going for gasps. And they did it last year. I'm sure they'll do it again with Rick this year. That's fantastic. Uh, I, I got to ask you just in general of I mean, I I, I could say about this StarCast event going on for a second year and really now becoming a thing, a a business, if you will. But I could say this about the entire pro wrestling podcasting career of Conrad Thompson, how you've gone from regular guy to the most one of the most influential and important men in the business to marrying into the Flair family. So congratulations on all the above. But uh, does the whirlwind of StarCast becoming a thing just mirror the overall journey you've been on the past couple of years? Man, I've I've sort of started to call myself the Forrest Gump of wrestling. Like, there's no reason for me to be in these big moments in wrestling history, yet I find myself here, you know, whether it was hosting the AEW kickoff rally or the big ticket party in Las Vegas and, you know, doing these these podcasts that people have really gravitated to, you know, starting with Rick Flair and now all the way through Jim Ross. Like, the idea that these guys, you know, know who I am or give me the time of the day, but I'm really just a big wrestling fan is the coolest thing ever. Uh, but I think because I am just a big wrestling fan, it's positioned me to have a good idea of what wrestling fans want. If, if I think I would dig it, if I think it's cool, then it turns out a lot of other fans have similar taste to me. They would think it's cool, too. And uh, StarCast and the Roast of Ric Flair, uh, this is probably the, the mountaintop. I can't imagine you know, uh, that I would do anything bigger than this ever. That's, that's not bad at all. Being Charlotte Fair's brother-in-law, probably not that bad at all either, though, Conrad. Big, big things going on in your life these days. Yeah, how crazy is that? You know, never in a million years did I imagine, you know, that I would wind up marrying Megan or that, you know, in a weird way, my sister-in-law may have been in WrestleMania. That, that's a pretty weird thing to say out loud. But, <laughs> no, everyone's super proud of her accomplishments. But, 
Uh, I, I don't think she'll be. Uh, I don't think she'll be able to make it to Caesar's Palace. She's probably going to be on the road somewhere making towns for WWE. Probably true. Uh, I want to get your. Well, first I got to ask you a, a question. I'm sure a lot of people are thinking. We saw you. You adequately host the rally for for uh, AEW. That everyone popped. It was fantastic. From Jericho's arrival to Pac Neville making an appearance. I mean, great stuff. We're all fired up for AEW. Are you an AEW guy? Because I know StarCast is a separate business from AEW, even though you're sort of joining hands that whole weekend. But are you an AEW employee? Are you all in? Uh, I'm all in on AEW, but no, I'm not an AEW employee. You know, I'm a big wrestling fan and and proud to be friends with a lot of those guys, you know, the most of which I'm, I guess I'm probably closest with Cody more than anybody. But I've known Tony and been friends with Tony for, I don't know, five years now when he first started listening to the Ric Flair podcast. We followed each other on social media and hit it off and never in a million years that I think we would be here, but I'm glad to be here and glad to be a part of it uh, in whatever small role StarCast plays in their launch. But no, I'm, I'm not an AEW employee. I don't have a title. I don't have a business card. I've never gotten a paycheck. I'm just friends with all those guys and, and want to help support wrestling any chance I get, whether it's WWE or AEW or Impact or Ring of Honor. Uh, if it's good for wrestling, then then as a fan, I'm for it. All right. Then, then with that it already established, it's almost better to ask you this question than hardcore fan you, hardcore fan me. I could not be more excited, Conrad, for what I'm calling the third boom period in pro wrestling history. I started watching at the launch of WrestleMania 1. We all live the Attitude Era. This really is the third one and the idea of potential real competition at the top how good could AEW be? I mean, as just a fan, not not the connections, nothing with StarCast, you as the fan, how excited are you from a critical standpoint that this thing from day one has a chance to compete with WWE? Well, I'm super excited. First of all, you know, I do want to clarify that I, I don't think this is going to be the Monday Night Wars. I think, you know, I don't, I don't even want to compare AEW to WCW or even mention it as competition. It's just an alternative choice. And the idea that there is something else to watch is going to be, you know, what I'm most excited about. It does feel like some of the other programs, you know, get they become a victim of their own success. So when something works, they just keep doing what's always worked. There's really uh, not as much opportunity for innovation or change. Uh, it does feel like it becomes a little more paint by numbers. Like, you know, when you're watching Raw or SmackDown, you know, when someone gets thrown to the outside of the ring, they're going to commercial. It's become predictable. And that's what I'm most excited about with AEW from a wrestling fan standpoint is I don't know what to expect. Everything's going to be, there's no, well, this is the way we've always done it. Nothing, the norm has not been established. So the idea that we get a fresh start with something new with a totally different approach is so exciting. And I think that's what I'm most excited about, just that it's going to be presented differently. Uh, I'm not going to say better. I'm not going to say worse, just differently. And different is what I'm most excited about. I don't want to say, oh, I like it better than Raw or oh, I like it better than SmackDown. I just, I want different. And I think there are so many fans who just have that same attitude as me. They're just, you know, they, they have their favorites on, on Mondays or Tuesdays, but they really want something different. And that's what AEW is going to bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. No, no question about it. I like that a lot. I know on this StarCast 2 weekend, you're also getting the Undertaker. This is happening, right? This is a thing. And Conrad, you've you you're you know podcast more than anybody. This day and age, it's hard to have a wrestling legend who's not overexposed. We've heard so many of the great stories. Undertaker, we haven't heard anything. How special is this going to be to have a chance to go up and down the road with him at this event? 
Well, the Undertaker slotted to do meet and greets for us, and uh, that's something that you know he hasn't done outside of WWE. I know uh, he's making an attempt to do that over in the UK later this month, but stateside, it's not that common. You know, I think he did uh, a signing at Fitterman Sports in Houston not too long ago, and but but they're very few and far between, and he is definitely another piece of the puzzle, and and we're excited to have him and a whole host of other names as you said that aren't necessarily overexposed. The Bret Hart's, the Stings. And one of my personal favorites, Arn Anderson. You know, Arn Anderson is out from under the WWE umbrella for the first time uh, in a long time, two decades nearly. And the idea that he's going to be on stage with a live mic for the first time and really his first major public appearance like that, it's going to be something else. And uh, if you can't join us in Las Vegas, you can watch it at home. StarCastOnFight.com makes it possible. And uh, Conrad, I think from all the research you've done on your various pods, which the format that you sort of created is fantastic, you might be like the 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 world's living. I mean, I always say this about somebody like Jim Ross who lived it, right? He's with an, with every top territory. Him and Paul Heyman, probably the two guys, they lived it. They were there backstage in every moment. But you've now researched, along with living it as a fan, almost every big moment ever. Do you just wake up one day and go, you know what? I might be one of the more polished and accomplished living wrestling historians by this point only because i had to be to do so good at all these different podcasts no absolutely not you know i'm not supposed to be here i'm just uh right idea right time not lazy willing to go to work and i mean it's just tireless you know effort uh and and then uh you know around the work around the clock 24 7 commitment but I, i don't fancy myself a historian at all it's nice if you say that and i really appreciate it but there are so many guys out there who are more well-versed in the history of professional wrestling. I just want to celebrate it as much I can and let some of these stories that, you know, without a podcast platform like this, they may just go untold and those stories may die. And I want those stories to live forever. And, you know, through the commitments that you know, Tony Schiavone or Bruce Pritchard or Bischoff and now Jim Ross have made, those stories will live on forever, you know, through YouTube or the different um, podcast platforms and I'm really excited that that becomes, you know, part of the fabric of wrestling history. And that I was a part of that, but that I maybe am a wrestling historian. That's really hard to wrap my head around. Well, that's being modest, but you are. I like what you're saying. You're putting almost putting this stuff on file to be there for the rest. And that's great considering every time we lose a legend, I hear what you're saying. It's like, wow, too bad I never got that guy on the podcast to hear his story. So where does the Conrad Thompson podcast empire end? Could we see you and Greg Gagne going up and down the roads there in Minneapolis together? You and Kevin Von Erich. <laughs> Is there an end game here? No, you know, listen, I, I never thought that I would have one podcast. I became an accidental podcaster when Rick asked me to sit in with him one day and ask fan questions for his first episode for CBS. Uh, I never expected that it would, you know, become a thing, much less that I would have three or four podcasts now with JR. Uh, so I don't really have an end game necessarily. It's just to, uh, you know, share as many of these great stories and, and bring some fans some unique content. And when they quit digging it, we'll stop doing it. But <laughs> Thankfully, knock on wood, that hasn't happened yet. Well, you kind of do have a problem that you have a successful day job that I'm sure you're probably running out of free hours in the nighttime with all these podcasts loading up. Is this a full-time business yet, Conrad? Yeah, it is a full-time business, and it's it's taken a toll on me where uh, burnout is real, and it finally happened this past weekend. I was so tickled after like 14 days on the road to be able to sleep in my own bed for four nights. And so it's four nights in a row now. Today's the best I've felt in a long time. 
but even now, yeah, I had to duck into another office here at the mortgage company just to be able to talk to you because I had people in my office. So I've got a full-time job here Monday through Friday and sometimes the weekends for the mortgage gig. And then late night, every night, uh, I'm in podcast mode. So two full-time jobs. We'll see how long I can keep this up. Oh, you're doing a great job. We can't wait for StarCast to the Roaster Ric Flair as the main event. Final question here, though. You simultaneously this past week seemed to announce the JR podcast. Is it gr- title Grillin' JR? Is that what we're going with? Yeah, right now uh, the, the working title, and that may be the one we go with, is Grillin' JR. I like the idea because I'm going to be in the driver's seat sort of interrogating JR about some of these famous wrestling legends and stories and sort of setting the record straight. But at the same time, it's sort of, I hate the phrase, but it does make sense here, on brand with JR, who is uh, notorious for his barbecue shilling. And I'm looking forward to uh, getting an opportunity to push some sauce and some jerky and some recipes. And uh, we'll do all of that on the show. So Grilling JR is going to be the name of the show. And uh, I'm excited to do it. We're, we're going through the contract right now to make sure we've crossed all our T's and dotted all our I's on our new contract. And uh, I think we'll get started by the end of the month. That's great. And what are you just hoping to do with JR that's sort of separate? For I know you're following the same mode, but what, when you look at JR, how can this be different from your other pods? Well, you know, with Bruce, you had a guy who worked behind the scenes and he was in creative uh, and he produced a lot of television. And with Eric, you had like the high level executive uh, who made some really broad stroke business decisions. Uh, And then, you know, from Tony's perspective, you had someone who was on air calling the action. JR sort of brings a little bit of all that because JR was head of talent relations, but he also had a hand in creative and uh, he was also the guy, you know, making the pitch on TV every week on the call. So the idea that you have somebody who really got to wear, pardon the pun, all three hats, I think will make the JR show very, very unique. You know, we'll start with Leroy McGurk. We'll, we'll talk about Bill Watts. We'll talk about the sale to Crockett. We'll talk about the time there in the NWA. And then, of course, the transition to WCW. But I think what maybe has been Uh, not discussed enough is the inner workings from a talent relations standpoint with Vince McMahon and handling all that talent and also covering it on air. So you've got to know two sides of the business, you know, the actual financials and the commitments from the guys behind the scenes, but then the message you're trying to sell through commentary, because that really is, you know, we've all heard that Vince McMahon is sort of in his ear producing TV. So getting to delve into the psyche of Vince McMahon, from way back at WrestleMania 9 uh, up until the last couple of years, that's going to cover a lot of ground and a lot of ground that we can't cover with Bruce because, you know, Bruce obviously left in 2008. So all that stuff through the the CM Punk era and all that, JR was a part of all that. And uh, to sort of pick his brain on what happened, how it happened, when it happened, and and why it happened is going to be really, really fascinating. And we don't just have to do that for the WWF and WWE, but, all that stuff with Crockett and Watts on down through the line, it's going to be quite the ride. Nobody's had a ride like JR. Nobody. That's fantastic. And like I mentioned, the only other guy, Paul Heyman. Let's do an ECW one. Keep the Conrad train rolling. Conrad, thank you for your time. I know you got to get back to helping people buy homes and changing the podcast game. It's been a pleasure, sir. Hey, man, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on, and I hope everybody checks out the rest of Rick Flair. Friday night, May 24th, it's going to be on Fight and StarCast on Fight. Or you can watch it uh, live at Caesars Palace. And there's a rumor that it might even be on traditional pay-per-view. So check your local listings there as well. But 
This is going to be the show everybody in wrestling is talking about, the roast of Ric Flair. Well, there you have it. Special thanks to the great Ric Flair and Conrad Thompson getting you fired up for all things StarCast 2, the launch of AEW, and much, much more. And speaking of getting fired up, this show, the home of combat audio, the state of combat, has you covered across all three spectrums of fighting. We're talking about boxing, MMA, pro wrestling, weekly episodes in each sport. So do us a favor, follow us on Twitter, at State of Combat, at B. Campbell, CBS. Get on out there on Apple Podcasts, five-star review, folks. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Get yourself fired up for much, much more performance-enhancing audio coming your way in the future. Hope you enjoyed this week. Two words for the people. We out.